What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I'm the host of the Butch Trek Podcast. If you haven't already, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and please leave us a review. But before we dive in, I want to talk about our sponsor. Are you a business owner and struggling to manage the finances behind your business? Or maybe you're spending endless amounts of time trying to determine the overall financial direction. If so, I want to acknowledge my company, Financial Automation. Through the creation of custom financial dashboards to financial consulting to financial literacy education, we're committed to helping entrepreneurs take control of the finances behind their businesses. If you're interested in learning more, go to www.financialautomation.co and book your free strategy call. Now, onto the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Budge Trek Podcast here with my good friend, Santi Fox, the global art director for K-Swiss. Santi, what's going on, man? What's up? I'm so excited to be here and super, super grateful to be in the presence of great minds. There you go, man. So Santi is actually the first person to have a backdrop that is not his actual backdrop. He's in space right now. So I figured I wanted to uh, try to expand your mindset. Yeah. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's see if, uh, if we can do that. <laughs> so uh, I, I was telling you before we started recording, Santi, but I always ask this first question. What is the dumbest thing you have ever spent money on? So I listened to a couple of the previous podcasts, so I, I knew that was coming. Without thinking about it too much, uh, I intuitively thought of two things that I bought, which was a Disney Land Disneyland membership card, a Fast Pass <laughs> membership, uh, and also a Six Flags membership card. And I, I have to say, as a marketer, their marketing is great because you buy a ticket, right? And then for a small fee, you can upgrade it. And sometimes there was there wasn't even a fee; you just get your your one year membership if you just mm-hmm. showed up and asked for it or you know paid half of whatever right and so i'm a sucker for good advertising even though i work <laughs> in advertising and marketing but I, I i just i looked at it i'm like oh this makes sense i buy this uh, it's okay yeah and, uh, and i ended up really having to push myself to go to disney and find someone to go with me on a weekend so that i would get my money's worth and at the end i got my money's worth. So it would have been the same as buying a couple tickets. So right. it's okay. So I didn't get an uh, return on the investment there, but I didn't lose money either. So that that's actually, that's not too bad of a purchase. Most people that I ask that question to, it's like, yeah, I blew money going to bars and getting bottle service and hanging out with friends on the weekends. And like, you know, that that's uh you can blow money through alcohol and whatnot. But I mean, you have fun doing it. So I, th- I think it's, it's a good return. And I've actually never been to Disneyland. And fun fact, I've never been to Disney World. I'm in Tennessee. You're in California. Disney World is closer to me in Florida. Never been. Um, I can't really say I don't have a desire to go because I don't, I don't even really know if I want to go or not. But we'll see. Are you a big Disney fan? So my brother and my brother's wife, they are. And they go every other year with their kids. And it seems like a fun time. I just think, you know, me and my wife, we've started talking about kids and whatnot. And I'm thinking like how miserable it sounds to go to Disneyland or Disney World with a, a kid. I know it's for your kid, but it just no, sounds no, miserable. No, it's not. Me. It's for you. It's, it's for, for you and your <laughs> wife. It's for you guys to go and just 
experience rides and things and awaken the kid that is inside you. Right. Let, like just go and enjoy. And I think it really works if you are a Disney fan. I'm a massive Disney fan. That's been right. something that connected me and my mom really well. We mm-hmm. always watch Disney movies together. We cry together. It, it's, I've always loved the Disney stories. And um, so for me, it was great going, but then, I think the experience is pretty much ruined when you're standing half the day you're standing in lines. Exactly. So you go once, maybe twice, and that's it. But the really good one is when you get invited for the private tours. When the entire park is closed and you're only there with like a hundred people, that's when you want to go. <laughs> that's the best. And we, we just did that for Universal uh, Studios. Was it in December, I think? Uh, we went to... A, it was a radio channel or whatever they we got invites somehow uh, through friends and uh, I think the entire time I was there I was just so weirded out but that that there was no one there yeah there no lines to any of the rides you would just walk in anywhere and be like oh well, I'll just ride this <laughs> and so that's how you experience the park the real way <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll see man we'll see if we ever make it out there but santi i, I want to give you a chance to tell more of your story so uh some background for the listeners out there he's from finland and now he's a global art director for k swiss so obviously there's a lot of ground to cover there so tell your story man what, what's what's santi fox from a personal perspective i will i'm my a big goal for me but this year is to try to be more straightforward in, in how I speak and being shorter. Um, so I'm going to try to speak in bullet points. Uh, <laughs> I've been an ent- a freelancer entrepreneur for a bit over, I think, 11 years now. So I, I did start when I was 18 and founded my own freelance work and, and went from there. And also I got sued for the company name I set for myself, which was Good Morning. Um, and uh, there was a, a company in Finland called Morning Digital Design, and, and they were owned by a conglomerate that decided that uh, good, ad agency Good Morning is against uh, Morning Digital Design, and then they told me to never use that name again, and they paid me, I think, 500 euros. Really? So, yeah, uh, I've also then decided uh, or heard later on that that was not a good deal, and so I could have gone to court and I would have won. Well, you were 18 when that happened, though. I had, so I, I wouldn't have known, but... Yeah, you, you don't know. And at the end of the day, I mean, screw the company for bullying an 18-year-old. It's just a name, you know? Who yeah. cares? I had no business. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't making any money. Like, I, I just put it up, and I bought goodmorning.fi, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so cool. When when I call clients, I'm like, good morning, it's something. <laughs> and I thought it was super cool, and then everything got crushed, and I changed it to on-the-move creative solutions. So, uh, so you said dot fi. So that's I'm, I'm curious. I'm say, is that the main extension for Finland? Does everybody use yeah. that pretty much? Yeah. Okay. So if you don't have a dot fi, and you do business in Finland, it's a bit weird. Okay. Because there's always this factor of wait, are they legit? Are they what? They're dot com. Anyone can buy a dot com, but to buy a country ending, you need to. Uh, I think you need to apply for something. It, it's not as simple as just getting a .com, I think. Right. So I might be wrong there. Uh, I hope someone fact checks me and comes back into my DMs saying that you're completely wrong. Um, well, the, the weird thing about that is like, you know, in, in America, I feel like if you don't have .com, it's weird. It, it, we're, we're getting away from it was, that. Yeah, I'm, 
I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because we're definitely going away from that with the tech people going with .io, .work. Like exactly. My website right now is santifox.gallery. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those like .fitness, .live. Yeah. And uh, ours personally is .co, which from what I understand, .co is Columbia, but it's, oh. it's close enough to .com or people don't even really bat an eye at it. But, uh, but yeah, I think people are getting away from that, but it's weird because you don't really see .us that much. That's true. I don't know why, but, but then again, that might be the same as you don't see .eu that much either. Exactly. I, I exactly. always compare the U.S. to Europe in, in, in the sense with the states and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's been discussed so many times that I think people here kind of understand that we think that way. Um, but you do see a lot of .cas. It's true. California. What? Right. Wait a minute. Is that Canada or California? I it's probably it's- Canada. It's probably Canada. But but people have this idea that .ca looks like California. .co mm-hmm. just looks like they just took the M off. So no one really knows what they you know derive from. But I guess at the end of the day, everybody's getting away from that. And I think it's because when you try to search in .com URLs, right? You try to you try to get them. Someone's already bought them. Mm-hmm. And then you type it in and it's not even connected to anything. And you're like, well, I'm not paying GoDaddy $70 to no. maybe get me this domain. I don't even know if they can get it for me. So I think people are doing that just because there's no domains available, really. There's no good ones, at least. There's a, that's a really good business. There's a lot of people who made a bunch of money just buying, buying domains, domains and reselling. Yeah. It's, I, I can't remember who, but I do remember that there's at least two friends who told me the story of how they made uh, north of 10 grand. Really? It's, yeah, it's uh, if, if you're if you're really smart at looking at what's going to come up, mm-hmm. and you're really reading up what new domains are coming up. Like, if you bought .xxx, you're making a lot of money. Where exactly. like the perfect .xxx, and I'm saying that because I think everybody knows that porn is the most uh, innovative thing on the internet. Probably, like if you look at how video is on YouTube, that probably came from the innovations of por- the porn industry. So the biggest movers and shakers are the medical and porn. Look yeah. at VR. Who's gonna who's gonna come up with the craziest VR things? Well, it's either the gaming companies or it could be the really weird, super weird porn <laughs> things that might come up. But when you start thinking about it, you're like, oh yeah, I could see how they would come up with some weird add-ons to add to to their experience. Um, I don't want to go into depth on what that could be. But as an idea, I'm pretty sure that anybody with a kind of entrepreneurial mind can see that they're, they have enough money to, to really hire innovative companies to help them yeah. work. Well, I, I, I think that you, your mind uh, steers towards that because from what I see on social media, they're really good at marketing and they're really good at brand design and stuff like that. So you appreciate that. You're like, not necessarily that it's porn, but just like, okay, there's an idea of mm-hmm. why, why is that working? You know, why, why do these, this color schemes, the, the letters, the size, whatever it is. So you appreciate that. Whereas like me, I'm a numbers guy. I could care less how something looks. I just care about functionality. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. But even as numbers, the, that pornhub.com is their numbers are great. <laughs> any metric you look at, they're doing great. Um, I, I, I don't have an opinion on the industry of any of that, but it, when you just look at it on face value, you can't really, you can't say they're doing a bad job, but right. So right. kudos, to, kudos to their marketing team. I think, you know, throwing, they, I think they had their awards gala where Kanye West was performing and all kinds of things where you're like, what, really? 
I didn't, I didn't know they had a gala, but of course they have a awards ceremony. Gala. Yeah, of course. Of course. But let's, uh, let's circle back to your story. So yeah, you got sued at 18, you changed your name <laughs> and then I'm assuming you're still in Finland at this point. What drove you to move to the U S so my dad's American, my mom's Finnish. Okay. And, um, at a young age, I always had this, I guess, subliminal dream to, to live in America. And, um, you know, I, I came here when I was seven and met my grandparents and, and went to Tahoe and San Jose and kind of got that experience of, of what that is, nor, nor Cal life. Um, then I came back when I was uh, a little bit older and kind of looked around. I'm like, okay, this, this looks like something I want to experience. And um, this looks like the biggest challenge I could do in life. Like what is bigger? What, w- what could be the hardest thing in life I could do right now? And that would be to leave everything and, and move across the planet where you don't know anybody. Exactly. Um, and I think later on I came, with, came up with this ideology for myself that I'll, I'll be healthy until 50. And after that, I think my knees, knees or lower back or something's going to start breaking. I, I might need my first operation. And so half of that, okay, 25. Before, before I turn 25, I want to live in America. And then at 23, I quit my job at a hospitality group. I was the art director for uh, our, our business um, and um, decided to hop in a plane and uh, come here and was filming a documentary series while I was coming here. And once that was done, uh, my new friend suggested, hey, um, we have this artist, Nervo, and we don't have time to work with them anymore. Uh, at least on tour and festivals, could you go? And they took the recommendation and I, I got thrown into content production at um, big festivals and I had no experience. Well, I had some experience because I've done behind the scenes videography and, and photography back home throughout the years from starting from like 14, but it wasn't really on that level where they had you know hundreds of thousands of fans and we're going to EDC Las Vegas. We're, I went to Ultra Music Festival three years in a row. And just, you know, meeting all of these, all of the top players of the EDM and, or that scene uh, was a little bit intimidating. But um, right. I figured out it was a lot of long nights of Premiere crashing and figuring out file formats and figuring out how to actually do rapid development on videos. And yeah. I just had to figure it out from scratch. And luckily, I've, I've learned the skill of learning. And I think when I'm pushed into a corner, I'll, I'll come up with guns blazing, uh, Nerf guns, but um, <laughs> Adobe guns, Photoshop and Premiere. Yeah. But um, I, I think it's those moments uh, kind of help me just progress faster than I would. And I use that when I mentor others or coach others. I try to just tell them that this might not be the most pleasant thing you've done. Or it might not feel like that when we get started. Uh, or in your darkest moments, it's not going to feel like a fairy tale. But if you want to be better than you were yesterday and keep that trajectory, then it's not going to be easy. And you're most likely not going to like, you're not going to like the, the road there. Uh, at least when it gets dark. So Exactly. There's a few things on that too. You know, 
I think as entrepreneurs, of course there's, you know, courses and videos and books and whatnot, but you really don't know what you don't know. So until you're thrown into a project, until you experience something like you don't even know what's really to expect. So, you know, for you to say, Oh, I'm about to go to these festivals. I need to learn how to do this, this, and this. You would have never known. Yeah. I mean, something that came, I, I remember, I think some pivotal moments and stories I, I usually tell is one is when you're offered a drink on, at backstage, which is like, in, in a way, I never thought that anyone would notice I exist. I thought I'm just a fly on the wall. I'm there to film and I, I don't want people to see me, even if they recognize or come say, oh, hi, or, you know, whatever. I generally say, hey, don't mind me. I'm not here. Just act as the camera's floating. I'm not here. I want the true behind the scenes feel. Right. Um, but I did make the mistake in the first times where I'd be like, oh, there's free drinks. Yeah, I'll have a drink. And then, you know, someone from Swedish House Mafia walks by and hangs out with the girls and then walks away. And they're like, hey, did you get that? I'm like, oh. And then, <laughs> you know, that feeling of letting someone down is heartbreaking. And it's just tough. It's when you let people down, you, you, it sucks so much. Yeah. So I learned from that and, and, and tried to really just, uh, really focus that if I'm there, I'm there to film and that's it. If I want to have a drink, I'll have a drink when they're done or whatever. There was always a moment for that. There's always a moment where, you know, you've done everything you can, then you can relax. But if you're on a job, focus on the job. Um, or take a shot if pe if the team is taking a shot. <laughs> sure, take a shot. But like, you need to have both of your hands free. That's really the the thing that it came down to. You have to be free and ready to go at a moment's time, and preferably recording all the time. Right. And that's what I noticed. Um, that as a young, not rich person, I didn't have what I needed. I had to. I had what I needed to get the simple job done. But then having memory cards to film an entire day with no time to dump it on a computer or having the battery life with no chargers for an entire day, I just didn't have those things. And so uh, you either got to buy them, but because the payment really wasn't that good for stuff like this, like if you get 500 bucks for a video, you know, you got to pay rent too. Exactly. So exactly. I, I've definitely done a lot of work for cheap, for free. Uh, and I don't think I would change it. I could maybe have more money, but I'm very happy that I just got, I took the opportunities that came my way and yeah. that's it. Yeah. No, I, I think there's a lot of gold nuggets there. Um, uh, three, actually the first one being that I think you learn best from failure. So if no one would have said, Hey, they were just with Swedish house mafia was just with the girls. Why didn't you get that? You would have kept doing what you were doing. You didn't know. Right. And it goes back to my point. You don't know what you don't know. Point mm -hmm. number two is, is people view, you know, their end goal is this lavish lifestyle, having everything they want, uh, whenever they want it, their own time, whatever. But they don't think about what it takes to get there. And you, yes, you need to enjoy the process, but it's not always fun. Like there, there's shit I do all day. That's like, I don't look forward to it, but I know I have to do it. Like if I want to get to my goal, I have to do stuff I don't want to do. But there, there are certain people who enter the entrepreneur space automatically thinking that they're too good for work like that, you know, and that's just the wrong mindset. But people like yourself, Santi, who, and my third point, you do stuff for free. 
I think you appreciate it that much more when you're paid. And oh, yeah. you, you have a, simple, a, a sense of humility, right? You know, if you're working with someone for free, like for me, like I, I have done work for people for free. I've created custom financial dashboards. I've, I've, I've consulted financially. I put my time, energy, and effort. I'm up late doing stuff for free for people, but I appreciate it. And it's because I don't, I, I, money's great, but it's not everything. I'm passionate about what I'm doing. So if people are entering the entrepreneur space and they refuse to do it for free, my argument is then you don't really like what you're doing. Mm, yeah. And I think it's an investment on yourself. Exactly. When, when you do free work, it's, I mean, I don't know if there's really free work ever. You did eat there. You did get to go somewhere. And usually whoever asks you to come for free, they'll pay for, like you get some pizza, you get something. But at some point, you just get, you don't want any more pizza. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, um, but there's always like, I've, I've never said no to a free dinner. But like if someone says, hey, can you do this? I'm like, sure. Can we go to dinner at this place? I haven't tried it. And it's just something that maybe it's $30, $40 per plate. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that because they can deduct that entire whatever. Exactly. Or they can put it on the company card that's separate or whatever. They'll figure out a way. Um, and that way I've gotten even more experiences on just, you know, uh, living life and getting these weird things instead of money in the bank account. Because money, you'll get it at some point. Like once you're good enough, this is something that's really the most bizarre thing in my life. Whenever I think about, oh, it's going to get tough this month or, ooh, I, I overspent on X, Y, and Z. I bought some apps from the app store. <laughs> <laughs> like for hundreds of dollars and like I just got charged for F secure when I already have a vast security and just like a hundred and seventy dollar charge. I'm like, none of your services is that high. Why what is this? And just happens because right. I forget about these things. Um and then when you I guess I guess it's partly maybe this manifestation thing that people believe in. I don't know. I just think that whenever I've thought of, oh, I, I'm going to need this soon, or I wish I had an opportunity to go do this, then they just pop up from video jobs or photography or doing a music video or podcast. And just, they just happen to appear. And I think it's because the network I've built with the work I've done mm -hmm. and showing up when I've been asked to show up. Exactly. So, so I, I think that those all kind of go together. And then that has you know, maximize the way I can get opportunities. It's probably different from a lot of people, but I'm very happy with everything I've gotten in life so far. And uh, I, I have a kind of a, I guess, a deeper history on, on the people I know and like the, the areas I come from and, and where I've hang out with. So I, I just, I, I'm super fortunate to still be here. Mm -hmm. And there's something, I'll borrow from a Jay-Z song I heard that, and I might paraphrase this wrong, but I have a lot of numbers on my contact list that will never pick up the phone ever again. Right. And so some people know what that means. Some people don't. But that's something I carry on my back every day. And I think it's, you know, a blessing that I'm that I can do these. I, I live in freaking California. I live in L.A. as a Finnish person. That's already insane. It's sunny. Exactly. Here. And it's snowing in Finland right now in May. <laughs> so um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm super happy for that. And uh, I think, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I think there's a lot there too. I mean, it's, it's, 
I think it's being thankful for where you're at. A lot of people are never satisfied, which I get that from like a ambition perspective. But at some point you have to step back and look, look back at your life and say, I've done a lot. I'm satisfied with my work ethic. But you know, that's just that. I think opportunities in life follow people who work hard towards their passions mm. and who do it with integrity, respect for others, uh, goodwill, ethics, whatever that may be. And of course, there's outliers to that. But I just think, you know, as a general rule of thumb, if, if you're passionate about something and you work hard towards it and you're humble along the way, opportunity is going to find you. Uh, mm-hmm. You just have to look for it and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Do you think that people don't live in the moment enough? I feel like a lot of people, especially kids now, people in their teens, mm-hmm. they have this vision that because what they see on social or what they see on the internet, that everything just comes instantly to them or should come. And if it doesn't, they suck and they get depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So So, so do you think people, if they have got something, do you feel like they don't live in that moment to really understand how lucky they are to even be alive or, or be a tree? Like you could have been a tree, (laughs) human being. Well, I, I think too, man, I mean, I mean, social media, causes us to compare us to others without even knowing it right Mm -hmm. and when you see someone that has something that you want you're not worried about what it takes to get that thing or lifestyle you just want that lifestyle so i i I think for for to to kind of break it down you know for me we have goals me and you we have goals where do i want to be in in five years 10 years 15 years assuming nothing changes along the way right Mm mm-hmm how can I reverse engineer that goal to what I can do today? Right. But I think someone nowadays, I go on social media, I see an 18 year old who drives a Lamborghini, lives in a house in uh, Beverly Hills. And I'm like, I want that. Mm. That's all I care about. I want that. And yeah. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I just want that. And then I don't get it because I didn't do anything. And then I'm pissed off. I'm depressed and I lose all ambition because I didn't get something that I had no intention of working for. Right. So I, I think, you know, you're right. We, we live in this moment where we look to the future and, and look into the future is great. I mean, my wife had this conversation before we got married. I, I asked her, it, it was, we got married a year ago yesterday. So in yeah. January, thank you, man. In January of last year, before we got married, I said, you know, what's your new, new year's resolution? And she said, I want to live in the moment more. We have so much That's ahead beautiful. of us. We're, we're, we're planning for the wedding. She's, she was about to finish school. Uh, we're looking forward to like, if we're going to have kids or not, she's like, I just want to live in the moment. Like I'm, I'm doing too much, you know, future planning, looking into the future. Like how can I live in today? And that's something I struggle with. Honestly, I'm I'm never intentional with my time. I'm barely ever present. If I'm doing something else, I'm looking forward to something that's due in a month. And it's something I have to step back a lot and say, Brady, like slow down. It's okay. Just be present because whether I am present now or not, that thing is still doing a month. Right. Yeah. So I might as well just be present now and not worry about it. I think something that I do, I don't know if this works. I know it annoys some people around me, but honestly, this is the one thing I just don't care. If you're coming to my office or wherever we are and I'm talking to you or I'm showing you something, if you're on your phone, I'm stopping. I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I respect that. I'm I respect gonna stop that. It and completely ignore you until you're like, so wait, what were you saying? I'm like, oh, you're still here. Oh, I didn't notice. No, because I, if I, I look back at my life and think 
<laughs> I'm talking like a 60 year old, but um, <laughs> I worked as a bouncer for I think two and a half or three years. And if I were to have, cause those are, I think some of the moments in life where they were just authoritative people. And I, it, when they spoke, I listened and I was way more scared of them than I'm scared of any boss at a normal job. Like I just, right. I'm not afraid of you for my life, but with some bouncers, I mean, most of them, 99% are like the nicest people on earth. And, uh, but, but then there's some people where you're like, shit, I don't want to piss that guy off. So, <laughs> yeah. so you've got to be careful with like, um, at work, I might say, you really don't know how to lock columns in Excel. <laughs> I would not tell that guy that that's not, that's why I'm there to solve the Excel crisis. Yeah. I mean, th- that's good too. I mean, it, looking back at, um, I don't know, man, I, I think, you know, it, it is important to look back at, at what you've done, where you've been and kind of seeing where you're at today. I think that's, that's more powerful than looking into the future because where I was a year ago, I am nowhere close to that version of Brady anymore. You're self-aware of yourself. Exactly. Self-awareness is key. And I, I think self-awareness doesn't work for future tense. You, you, how, how can I be mm. self-aware of where I'm going to be versus where I'm at now? You can't do that because then you're just making assumptions. And I think assumptions and self-awareness don't go hand in hand. So you just have to say, okay, where, where, where was I? Where am I now? And how have I changed? Yeah. If this was the Joe Rogan show, I just, it would be, hey, Jamie, can you clip that? That was a great quote. Jamie, thank you. Because <laughs> uh, that was a great quote. I, I really like that. Uh, and I think self-awareness is something, I, I guess I've read a lot of books now in the, in the, in the, in the past two years. Um, and it's a word that keeps coming up. And so I've also, I've had to do a lot of self-digging in the past year. And just as I try to prep myself uh, no I don't try I prep myself to become a better leader and a mm-hmm. leader in general right and so there's a lot of self-awareness that has to go into it I need to know who I really am and I need to understand how it sounds to others when I speak exactly. and what I something my old boss said to me once is that you need to understand that when you say things it means something and people will take stuff away from it. And that was hard for me to understand because I think some, when I was younger, I didn't think that anything I said made a difference. I wasn't seen as one of the smart kids. I was just a skateboarder kid who played Counter-Strike, you know, right. went to parties and, and flirted with girls. That, that was me, or it still is, but <laughs> <laughs> less skateboarding and less flirting. But um, Well, I mean, no, I mean, what you're saying is, is just like, when you're at a place of less power, I would say, mm. you think that your opinion matters less. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and that's, I guess that's a valid point to a degree, but I had a conversation with a team member this morning. It's a virtual assistant and me and my business partner were talking to her and I said, I said, listen, like we need your input because mm. if you don't tell me where you're struggling, what you like, what you don't like, I don't, I don't know how to manage you. Yeah. So your opinion on your job, on your work on whatever you're doing your tasks it's important to me so but people in that place just believe that it's not important my opinion doesn't matter whether I like this or not doesn't matter but it does and I think it just takes nobody's born really thinking that their opinion matters more than most I mean I guess you can kind of be raised that way 
but mm-hmm. you have to be told, I think, by people of authority. And that's where leaders come in and saying, hey, like your opinion matter, your voice matters. I need you to be vocal with me yeah. because otherwise I have no clue what's going on. There's a book I'm reading. Uh, shout out to Barney Waters, our president, for uh, making me read this book called Radical Candor. Um, and that's where there's a, they're talking about Steve Jobs, how he got angry at some of his employees because they didn't express their opinion. Mm-hmm. And they were too afraid of doing it or they weren't confident enough. And so I think he looked at it as he, as a failure as a leader in, he didn't instill enough confidence in exactly. that employee to speak up. And then additionally, if that person had speak, spoken up, they would have fixed the issue because that person was right. And that's, you know, uh, I struggle with that a lot. And I, I try to, I guess, pick my battles on when I do point out things that are wrong. and the more confident I am, I can do more of them. And I'll, I'm a detail-oriented person. I love seeing every small pixel or text right. that is in a line. I love that. And, but then at some point, people start looking, oh, well, we don't want to show it to Santi because he's just going to pick it apart and it's going to take longer to get done. And, uh, and so I guess that's where your, your professionalism comes in. Like, okay, the due, it's due in an hour. Should I say something? Can, I, can we still change it? And does it actually matter? Exactly. I've told them now that for me, it's always going to matter. That's what you hired me for. I'm here to make sure you look the best you can always. That's Mm -hmm. the entire point. Then it's up to you to decide if that matters right now or not. Exactly. And so um, that's just what I'm in charge of, making you look good. Yeah. If if today you don't want to look good, that's okay. It's not okay for me and it shouldn't be. But if it's okay for you, it's okay. Well, and I respect that too, because I'm, you know, sort of a perfectionist myself to where, you know, the the whole creative design, how something looks, I'm not good at that. But if something's not aligned correctly, if two, there's two different fonts, if they're two different sizes, it's, it's the details that people start to notice. And of course, you know, if I'm looking at our website or something, someone probably won't notice this because I'm obviously staring at it hour after hour. So I notice it. But it's still, you know, how do I want to be portrayed as a perfectionist? Does this matter? Do I have the time to do this right now? Is this more important than fulfilling the client's needs? Probably not. So mm-hmm. I'm also trying to teach myself that perfectionism isn't always the best route because, you know, never, t- it's never, here, here's something I learned recently. Perfectionism is the art of perfecting something. Mm-hmm. It's not making something perfect right now that's a good point that's a good point it's it's the process of you keep perfecting it you know it's right it's, um it's a longer process and i've it, it i just heard that i'm like oh huh okay well why why couldn't someone tell me that 10 years ago maybe right. but maybe i wouldn't have understood it back then because now and maybe the language wasn't there maybe it's just now with the anxiety anxiety filled depressed 90s 80s kids are, are now in the workforce it's you're seeing all these things where you know strive for perfection and everything needs to be always the best and like every project you do at work has to be the best and that that's really tough on you like where yeah. everything has to be the best work you ever did and at some points I'm, I'm lucky to really i got a shout out uh leticia ramirez just our marketing manager she just is a beast of understanding how I work, for example, and just like controlling and, and or coming back and saying, Hey, 
You did the best you could with the assets you had and the time you were given. Great. Let's move on. Yeah. When myself, I would just look at it. Oh, it's not good enough. It's not, it's not Nike. It's not Adidas. And I'm comparing to companies that, you know, I used $0 and I made it in two hours. Mm-hmm. And that was the best. That was just what we could do with our schedule. But they, they have Wyden and Kennedy, one of the best ad agencies in the entire world and their dedicated Nike team doing their Nike ads. And so there's a big difference between me solo versus the 30 best people. And so it's not a fair comparison and I have to train myself to stop doing that. And I think speaking with people like you and, and some other really intelligent people, I've, I've gotten to understand how dumb it is for me to compare myself to others in, in that sense. Oh yeah. Um, and there's a healthy way to do it. You can do it to motivate yourself. Um, but you can, it's really, really thin line where it's, you're just telling yourself that you're doing it to motivate yourself and you're just, uh, uh, you're in a procrastination rut where you're like, oh, well, it's not as good as theirs. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, man. You know, it, it's, as human beings, it's tough to even think that way initially. You know, you you kind of have to train your mind to, probably first not compare yourself at all. And mm-hmm. then if you start to be like, okay, hey, why am I comparing myself to motivate me? I'm motivating myself because I want to be there or I want to have that skill or I want to be that, that quality of a designer or analyst or whatever that may be. But of course, you got to train your brain to do that. But I, I want to circle back because you are the global art director at K-Swiss. And, you know, in my opinion, I don't know how, how much you get this, I've never worn K-Swiss and I've never had really a desire to wear K-Swiss. We'll so is, is K-Swiss in the, is it, is it, was it created in the U S or is it European? Um, and what's the level of interest between different, I guess, countries around the world? So the story is that two Swiss brothers that were into uh, tennis and slalom came to America and founded uh, K-Swiss and, uh, I, I don't want to bore people or go too much into detail you can read about it on our website and, you know, official K-Swiss places. Um, and, um, but that's kind of the story of it. And from there it became the first leather tennis shoe on court. And, uh, there's a lot of interesting history with that where I, I didn't know that it's the only, you know, leather shoe back then. And it's right. found in 1966. So it's been around for a while. And for me as a, as a Nordic, person i i'd never heard of it until you know i i, I got a, a, a actually i think when i saw the diplo campaign and then with kenny powers that's when i saw something and i think even then that i didn't really know what it really was and then only until once i got to work there i started to really deep dive into the brand and um, right it's the first thing i said when i started working there i'm like oh wow huh, I work for a company that actually makes comfortable shoes. It's going to be just different because I worked in more fashion-y shoes before. And some of the shoes you put on, they're just not comfortable, dude. They and, look okay, but they're not comfortable. Yeah, and, and some of them were like really great. I, I had gold shoes. I had like all these nice letters, Italian-made bottoms. And it, they just were not – it's the same as wearing dress shoes. It just wasn't comfortable for me. And right. I played soccer for 27 years now. So my feet are uber sensitive to, <laughs> you know, small details and, and it has to really be, and I know my feet really well, 
because mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, being heavily involved in, in having so many pairs of soccer cleats and being kicked in the feet. So, uh, <laughs> you kind of learn from that, but, um, so far it's been, it's been fun to work for a company that has deep history and rich history, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And now, um, the company has had a really big push with entrepreneurship and that's, I pretty much the main reason I joined because I was excited to, that they're speaking that I'm pretty much their, their target audience. I'm at right. You know, 30 so you're speaking year old. to yourself. Exactly. And so I could kind of, I got into the vibe right away and, and, you know, I was well aware of Gary Vee and I'd already pitched uh, to another company that, hey, Gary Vee should have his own shoe. And I was laughed out of a room. And then two years later, uh, K-Swiss made it. And so yeah. I'm, I'm happy that, uh, again, Barney had the foresight to, to do something like this. And I think he's uh, really the mastermind between a lot of things. So, uh, Who is Barney again? Barney is our brand president. Okay. And so he has a very cool history on different brands he's worked for. And, uh, there's a, when you put his name on Google, you'll, you'll find a lot of articles, uh, when he, where he talks about our esports project and all kinds of stuff. So highly recommend people looking into to him. He's a really fascinating person. And, uh, I think, uh, a warm hearted leader, which is nice to have where, where you just have someone who understands, uh, people. Right. Um, so that it, it's comfortable that you can trust a person like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100% man. I think a team is only as good as its leader. So For sure. it's, oh, he said it's something really when this Corona thing started that, you know, just confirms that he was like, Oh, well, you know, when I thought of the company as a boat, if the boat's sinking, who's the last guy there? And so I'm the captain. I need to be the last guy there. And that's really, I always preach that you should lead by example. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that was exactly one of those moments where you got to step up, you got to show that, you know, you are the guy and you're there to calm people down. And we've had weekly calls with, with him for the whole company. And those are just small things that I think are super cool. Yeah. Um, Makes him more human rather than, Oh, that's the president. And I've always had, I've always worked hand in hand with whoever is the CEO or president of a company everywhere I've worked. So that's always been, something I, I I'm so happy to be that close to that person that I can ask him for advice. And, and, and right. Know. Yeah. That's awesome. And that, that's, that's definitely good. And you know, for any person listening out there, if you do have a normal job, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs have normal jobs. I mean, or I, I would, I would honestly say that people who have normal jobs could be entrepreneurs like yourself. You have mm-hmm. a normal job, but you're also an entrepreneur, but you, you need to really focus on how are you leading and how is your leader leading mm-hmm. and how is that affecting the way you work? And how is it affecting the people under you that work and the people above you that work? So just keep that in mind. But Santi, we're going to go and start wrapping up. We're going to end with a rapid fire round of random questions. that have nothing to do with entrepreneurship, K-Swiss, global art, directing, cameras, whatever. Random. All right. Can so, I give you one takeaway from, we had something we talked about earlier. I had to write it down. It was a comparing yourself. Do it. Yeah. Let's if talk you about compare it. yourself, compare yourself to you. Like, cause you said something really profound or you were talking about you a year ago. And I think that's really important that I really, really hope young people, like a lot of young people understand it or all, anybody should get it. Like, and I need to understand this better. Mm-hmm. Stop comparing yourself to others. Just compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Exactly. Did you do something that made you 1% better or half a percent better than yesterday? Did you, yeah. you know, walk the stairs rather than take the elevator? 
small things gamify your life and reward yourself and don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah. I, I need to, I'm going to listen to that clip of this podcast <laughs> on repeat because I'm, I do that all the time and it, it, that, that stuff is really hard. So. No, it is. It is, man. And I mean, I think the, the good rule of thumb is, you know, look in the mirror, that's your competition. Mm. So keep going after that. Uh, gamify your life and never heard it that way, but that's a good idea. And don't be so hard on yourself. I'm the same way, man. I'm, I'm really hard on myself. If, you know, say I wake up 30 minutes late, I feel like my day's ruined. So oh, I really got every morning. Exactly. So I got to start working on that, but okay. Rapid fire cool. round five okay. questions, single answer responses from you 10 seconds to respond. It's going to be tough. Would you rather sit in LA traffic all day or go skinny dipping in front of a thousand people? Skinny dipping in front of a thousand people. You don't have to think that's about that. That's our national sport, man. <laughs> that's your national sport. Yeah. Would you rather spend a day watching Netflix or reading a book? Netflix. If you had to meet one person who you haven't met yet, who would it be? Jay-Z. If you had to choose between owning a pet giraffe or a pet rhinoceros, what would you choose? Giraffe. You have to eat one food for the rest of your life, and it's either flaming Hot Cheetos or hard-boiled eggs. What are you choosing? Hard boiled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Nutritious. But awesome, man. That's going to close out the rapid fire round. And Santi, it was nice talking to you. Give the audience, I guess, a sentence, a profound phrase that you can leave them with. Just because you can't go pro doesn't mean you need to quit. That's good. Because, and let me, let me explain on this for a second. Uh, that, was, that was me. I played college soccer mm. and I quit because I said I'm not going pro. So what's the point? But awesome, Sansi, where can my audience find you on social media? So all the entrepreneurs can go to santifox.gallery. You can review my website. You can tell me what's wrong with it. You can look at my work. You can do anything you want to do. Uh, and I'd be happy to, to, to talk to you about it. On Instagram, it's at IamSantiFox and on every other social channel too. And uh, I've pushed myself that this year I'm finally going to premiere a, a series on YouTube. And, um, you'll find me there when it's up and I, that's, you know, I'm trying, I always try to put myself out of my comfort zone and mm -hmm. just push myself to, to do things that I'm not comfortable with because yep. you don't always have to feel like you need to do something. You just go and do it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, guys, reach out to Santi, let him know what you thought of the episode, ask him any questions you may have. And Santi, appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for sharing your time. Yep. Thanks for listening. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday at 6 a.m. Central Time, and they're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other major podcasting platform. Check out our social media linked in the description and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll catch you next time.